Blog Talk Radio. Some days life feels perfect, other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Yeah, but life is good. How are you doing? 
I'm good as well. I'm good as well. Life is is good because it's just good. I'm just going <laughs> to... Um, I think we have the same I'm, mindset. I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was coming home today and I passed... Um, the same homeless guy, I've never, never seen him before until today, but I saw him this morning um, walking the opposite direction that I was going. And then when I came home, I, I saw he I, he's probably been other places, but I would say he'd made it about halfway down this long stretch of road. And I looked over in the midst of my what would I call it, my ratting and raving about people and trash, just life itself, I looked over and I saw, like, his life in a basket. He had a grocery cart. He was sitting there seemingly carefree, just like, I'm good. I mean, and I looked over and I thought, wow, I'm so blessed because I'm going home. I left work, I have food, I mean, so I just looked over and was like, okay, okay, it's all in perspective again, so life is good, life is good, <laughs> and, and, and I'm sure there's there are reminders like that all around us, so life is good. I, I, I could definitely appreciate that, um, so... I've had I've had some interesting thoughts. I know I know that's the title for tonight, and I won't I won't dive in like I did last week. I'll at least give us a chance to get the people warmed up. But I, but I will say to add to that, Tammy, um, we we've talked about this a number of times. Forgiveness is a powerful tool. It is very powerful, and until we learn, until we learn, excuse me. So we learn how to forgive, and until we learn how to be appreciative and grateful, we will never learn all that God has for us or that life has for us because we overlook some of our greatest blessings because the world has told us they are small things. And there's so much to be grateful for. There's so much to be appreciative of. And we just don't think about these things because we take so many things for granted. And I'll use it as a segue into our trash can and uh, to my good friend, Christine, who's been listening to us for quite some time now, uh, and when you posted um, about the show that you did, um, when I wasn't even hosting with you at the time, um, I, I was just a guest on the show, um, she said, wow, you guys have been talking about the trash can for that long. <laughs> um, but we want to remind you guys to... <laughs> Uh, even even now, let me see. That was in 2014. So six years later, we are we still want to remind you guys to move your trash can. And I and I know it's been more than six years because Tammy's been Tammy's been talking about trash can before uh, before me. But we want to remind you guys to move your trash can because we have to get out of these routines 
We have to get out of these old ways. We have to get out of living on autopilot. And we encourage you guys to move your trash cans and get you a notepad, get you a composition book, and just just see how often you go back and revisit that trash can. And then not only do that, but think about how often you do that in other areas of your life. How often do you revisit old friends, old locations, old situations, things that you have moved on from, things that have changed, whether you change them, whether they change themselves, other people change them, life change them. But see how often you go back to something that is no longer there. It might be you pick up the phone to text somebody or to call somebody, and their numbers change. Or you no longer have a connection with that person, but you're used to. See how often you revisit these old locations in your life. And then we'd love to hear about it. And you don't have to, you know, call in. We'd love for you to call in. But just let us know. And if we, you know, if we talk about it on the air, you guys know that we we do everything anonymously. Uh, we'll never put you on blast. We'll never put you out there. But see how many times you do that. And um not sure if Tammy's in the chat yet, but um, our lines are always open. Um, if you have a question or a comment, you can definitely call in. Uh, the number is 563-999-3542. Again, 563-999-3542. And um, all you have to do is press the number one, and we'll pull you in by your area code and your last four digits. Um, Tammy, back over to you. All right. Great place to start. Um, I think forgiveness is uh, – <clears throat> Also, a great topic to start with. Um, funny, funny thing about that, Rodney. It's, it's like it's so timely. I was having a conversation with uh, Brandon today. I went to work and I came out, and he was he was out waiting on me. Just was like, Mom, I just wanted to stop by and say hey and tell you I love you. Just wanted to see you. I miss you. And so it was so awesome. And so we stood outside and talked for like an hour after I got off work until it, the rain forced us to apart and so the day had been a very reflective day um I've become such a people watcher and I just kind of I I just love connecting with people and so there's this young man that uh visits where I work well matter of fact I just found out today that he does not work there that he just comes up there and and hangs out, but he's in a wheelchair. And so for whatever reason today, he just kind of hung around me for a while, and and it was kind of back and forth. And so this guy walks by and um, says to him, you're looking good, buddy. And so I thought he knew the guy. I thought, you know, it was somebody he knew, and he turned to me, and he was like, what did what does that mean? I'm looking good. Like, and, and he, 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 yeah. And so to, to him, like, I'm in a wheelchair, you know, what do you, what do you mean? I'm looking good. Like, you know, why do you say it just to me kind of thing? And, 
I I said, oh, I thought I thought maybe you knew him. He was like, no, I don't know him. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and now I'm sure that the guy meant no harm. He was probably just, you know, being having having what we think people in wheelchairs are different from us or have have we see it as a struggle because seemingly this guy has owned his reality. I mean, he he just he 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 doesn't seem like he's down and out about being in a wheelchair or anything like that. He seems full of life. So that was that was that was interesting for me, but um, in a great way. And just just being able to chat with him, talk with him, never never you know had the conversation with him about short conversations, but he's never just lingered like he did today. And um, we've never you know talked about him being in a wheelchair or or anything like that. It's always been life conversations, you know, just regular life conversations. So about people, food, all that kind of stuff. So um, another interesting conversation, because again, I'm, I'm talking to people about the windows and the doors, and this guy tells me, he's like, oh no, we, we, we're going to be losing some people here soon, and and we're going to be moving. And I interpreted that as, oh, you guys have, and this is what's my response, you guys have young people who are going to be leaving, going to college and that kind of thing, you know, like, I'm, I'm excited, like, okay. He was like, oh, no, when my mom, my mom, my uh, wife's mom is old, and when she dies, we're going to move. She's going to probably die real soon here. And I was like, okay, so... I was kind of shocked, and internally, I'm internalizing this, like, how do you just choose death rather than life because she's old? Like, she could outlive you. So I'm, I'm just trying to figure all this out, and that was his response. Like, oh, no, she's old. She's probably going to die soon, and when she dies, you know, we're going to move. So I definitely want to put any, any wonders in that house. That was, like, that was his house, his glass half full or half empty. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I actually wrote these things down um, because it was just, again, I was in one of those reflective, it was a reflective day for me. Another situation, I'll be brief on this one, and then I'll come back to the conversation that, that Brandon had that'll bring me back to your conversation. Um, oh, don't worry, Tim, we're going to have a good conversation tonight. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it is. So um, another situation where there's there's somebody that I know, um, I got a text and said, I got to get, hey, I got to get a tire for my car. And I was like, um, okay, where do where, you know, for what car, I said. And uh, the person came back and said, you know, what car? And I was like, oh, okay, where are you, where are you going to go? And then they came back, and the the, it, the the answer was not one that felt um, was the right answer because dealerships will jip you. Just don't take your car back or truck to a to a dealership for a tire. I I I just don't think that's that's necessary. So, but not my car, not my money, not my not my thing, and I'm trying to get out of my way and get out of people's way and let them do them, especially when they don't want to receive information or it becomes a battle when you're trying to help or or provide other information. And so um, 
And I think this person just pretty much um, realized that normally I would try to, 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 to make it right to say, well, I think you should do this and da 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 but I've come to a point where I'm not going to jump into a fire. So then I'll just, meaning I already know where that conversation will go. So if I go, if I start that conversation knowing that it will go there, then I only have myself to blame for the results and the consequences and the way that it makes me feel later. So I just said, okay. And then the person came back as if I did jump in the fire and said, well, I don't have uh, time to pick and choose because I need a tire today. Now, mind you, this person has needed a tire probably a year and a half or two. But the reality, that that reality does not come to play. It's like a pity party starts. And, and, I, and, and, I'm, and I, I take that one situation and I made it big because I could see where so often, even in my life, where um, I would go there with myself um, if, good example, when, when I was cutting my own yard or something broke down in my house and, and I had to, to just fix it, um, get it fixed or fix it myself. In most cases, I would try to fix it myself because I want to save money and I would YouTube and fix and da 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 da. But there were times where I would be cutting my yard and say my neighbor's husband is out cutting the yard or fixing something. And I'd have this pity party with myself. Like, well, I don't have this, I don't have that, you know, where are the good men? Da 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 da. Right? Okay. So I took that situation and I and I made it about me so that I could try to understand and it really comes back to forgiveness Rodney because this is a person that I have I have just the kind of um, strained relationship with that but I but I but I love and I care for Um, so it goes back to forgiveness but not just for others but for yourself it comes back to reality not just for others but for yourself as well acceptance um, knowledge about who you are and because when in most cases, if not all, those things that rub us the wrong way is a trigger. It's a trigger that something is going on inside of you. It could be so small. It could be something left undone, unsaid, unforgiveness, all of that. So like with the homeless guy, I, it put me back in perspective. I'm going home. I'm going home to a nice, cool place with food, no worries, no stress. What in the hell am I complaining about or do I have to complain about? <laughs> so fast forward, I walk out. Um, well, I take it back. Brandon says I'm, I'm outside, so I do know he's out there. Um, so I go out and we we – First, you know, just mama, I'm like, is everything okay? You know, because I don't get that so often. Like, I just you show up at my job, like, I just wanted to see you and say, hey, so everything okay? Da, 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 da. So we, we're getting to this deep conversation um, about life, mostly family, and um, part of it was even about the situation with the cars and all of that. So Brandon had no idea about my encounter 
with the guy in the wheelchair today. So he was saying how, uh, well, mom, you know, sometimes you just have to really look beyond the person and see their situation. And he said, it would be wrong for me to get mad at at somebody in a wheelchair because he can't walk. He said, and sometimes the lives of people are the Mm -hmm. same. And so, like, that makes so much sense. How would you get mad with someone in a wheelchair because they can't walk? Then take that into a personal setting, which we kind of talked about it last week, Rodney, how there is a a mindset. Um, And I had spent much of the day as well in between my own breaks and things like that. I I found myself looking up articles on a trauma a trauma mindset, like what is it? Like those words came to my mind to look at because I, again, I'm trying to not just understand myself more, my thoughts and my actions, my feelings, my emotions, so that I can detach from them even the more because there is something about renewing the mind. You guys, I'm, I'm beginning to think that that is one of the most powerful. That's the top five, top three verses, I believe, in the Bible be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, because you can go wherever, but if you take your mind and your mindset with you, you will be there and the same issues, the problems, the unforgiveness, the triggers, the emotional roller coaster, the, the feeling, they will be there if you don't, if you go, if you take your body with the same mind. That is what keeps this young man that I was talking to, that is what keeps him, he doesn't see himself, and I'm sure he has moments in which he, if life could be different, sure. I mean, we we feel that way about some minor, minor, minor things. Um, But it is about your mindset. So I spent the day back and forth looking up some things on trauma, um, a trauma mindset, and In light of that, and right now, I'll turn it back over to you before I, I want to read something. So I had, um, it's funny because I could not get my phone to charge, and I had a bunch of, inf- a, a bundle of information on my phone to share tonight. So I thought, well, whatever, I'll look up some stuff on the computer and just start all over again. So I, in doing so, I found an article that's going to be so relevant to you as a principal, Rodney, the teachers that listen. It, as I started to read it, I was like, okay, my phone was not supposed to charge. Now, mind you, it's probably been an hour or more where my phone has just been sitting. Like nothing's charging. I find oh, okay, I finally lost it off. Now, this is on 5% as I look over there. It has started to charge. So <laughs> life happens, and I'm telling you guys, if you get to a point in life, I heard someone say um, that you become inspired about your life, and he said to be inspired is to be in spirit. I had never heard that. To be inspired means to be in spirit. Um, so I'm, I'm digging in that area as well, but I'm going to challenge you guys before turning it back over to Rodney to make it about you, to make um, feelings, emotions, um, thoughts, 
uh, unforgiveness, times when people piss you off or you feel like they said something that they shouldn't have said, turn it in and say, why do I feel that way? Deal with the why, not the what. Not what they did, what they said, but why does this affect me? Why? How does it and why? Not the what and the who. Make it about you. And then, right, I'm going to turn it over to you, and then after you say whatever and do your thing, I want to read something. Um, and I hope I hope some of your teachers are on listening because you guys are going to be blessed by this one. Tammy, I, um, it's amazing um, that you went there tonight and, and you said those things because um, when I saw you create, when I saw that you created the show, I think it was yesterday morning when you tagged me in on Facebook, and I was just like, okay, what are we going to talk about? Because I know, like, like we never do, like, like we never sit and like plan <laughs> and like you know talk about what we're what we're going to talk about, right? Like we kind of rhyming. Oh, you guys, so we lost Rodney. I'll, I'll uh, give him a minute to get back on. Um, I won't read the the information that I found until he's back on because I do want him to hear it. Um, so what I will do is talk a little bit while we're waiting on him to come back in, talk a little bit about the trauma mindset. Um, okay, he's back on. Sorry, Tammy. I don't know what happened. No, I, just, I was looking at the computer screen and, and it said, "It said my phone had tried. That's all right. You got some good stuff. You don't. They don't want you to get out with the good stuff now. <laughs> sorry, sorry <laughs> about that, you guys. But it's okay. You know, I was I was thinking about like you know uh, what we we're going to talk about, and it was funny because yesterday, like some things happened and. That was what made me think about, like, forgiveness and just the way that, like, we as people tend to operate. And then the more I thought about some other stuff, I was like, yeah. And then you hit on some of those things tonight. And that's why I said, oh, yeah, this is going to be a really good conversation. Um, I'm going to be a little bit more personal. I- I'm going to try not to be too personal, but I'm going to be a little bit too more. I'm going to be a little bit more personal in mind because – um, I think it, like I, I, I think it needs to be said, but I don't know how to say it any other way. So I'm just going mm-hmm. to just kind of go with it. And so I had a situation where, um, so my mother, who will be 62 years old in January, um. You know, she just got her own place like a uh, like a few months ago, right? And my mom, um, for the most part, I I cannot remember a time, not even before I was born, based on the things that I've heard, where my mom lived by herself or lived on her own. Um, and so my sister, a few months ago, finally like convinced her and motivated her to, like, get her own place and, like, hey, like, you can do this. 
and my sister like made a lot of you know um, sacrifices and like my sister took the steps to like help my mom out everything and you know it happened and so my thing was whatever she needs like if nobody else makes sure that it happens like I will like I will I will do whatever is necessary to make sure my mom is okay. And, you know, my mom didn't have any furniture. My mom needed a TV. Um, And so, like, you know, I told my sister, I said, don't say anything. Just make sure she doesn't go out and, like, spend a little bit of money that she has and buys it. Like, she needs to keep her money, like, you know, to the side, she needs to keep her money to herself. Like, it's okay. Like, just don't let her do anything. So I get a call (laughs) from one of my brothers a few days later asking me, like, how much, you know, things are going to cost, whatever, like, he wants to go have. I said, no problem. Like, you know, we'll figure it out. And he was like, well, I'm off this day. And, you know, so I will do X, Y, Z. Okay, cool, no problem. Never heard back from him. A few days later, I'm talking to another brother. Well, I'll go half with y'all too. Okay, cool. That's a third, but whatever. It's cool. I'm not just a masculine. But I was like, okay, cool. We got it. So I was telling Tamaria, like, Eventually, I got to a point where it was like everybody was talking. No one was doing anything. So I said, let me just do this, right? So I called uh, my friend Leon and asked him to, you know, do a few things for me. Like, just let me know how much it costs. Like, see if you can find it because he lives about 15, 20 minutes from my mom. And I was like, see if you can find X, Y, Z. Let me know how much it costs. Like, I'll send you the money. Okay, cool, no problem. Well, it got to a point where things just went south, like all of a sudden, to the point where my mom was, like, put in a bad position because here she is thinking that, like, I owe money to my friend and I'm begging my brothers for money. And, you know, and they're, they're kicking it to me like, hey, like, you know, everything's all good. But then, like, even going to her, and I'm like, wait a minute. So I, you know, and I didn't even find out all of this from my brothers. But I ended up finding out another way, and I was like, what? That's not how this happened. And I immediately said, this is exact. This is why I do not argue with people about money. This is why I don't talk to people about money, because it's not that serious. But the person said, it is that serious. Not for you, but for other people, because other people have not let things go. And it made me think, Like, 
back to even my childhood about things that have happened and how here we are. I'm 37, and people are older than me, my brothers, and, like, there's still conversations that need to be had because people are upset. And it's like, wait a minute. This is all because of things that were not let go a long time ago. And it wasn't necessarily towards me, but it was towards my mother. And I think we as human beings have a hard time letting things go. We as human be- we as human beings will carry grudges to the point where they are impacting our lives and we don't even understand or we don't even know. And I think that, you know, when we talk about forgiveness, and I said this to the the other person I was talking to, if anyone has a right to be upset with her, it is me. If in, if me between me and all of my siblings, if anybody has a right to be upset with my mother today for how they were treated or how they feel like they were done when we were children, it's me. But I'm not. I'm not that person. I let things go with my mother a very long time ago. Yes, when when I was younger, I had beef with her, but the beef that I had with her, it was child beef. It was it was one of those things where it's like, and even when I think about it now, like, yeah, like I could see why a child would have beef, even as a grown man, I could see why a child would have beef with either one of their parents because of things that happened in my life. However, I was rebellious as a child, but I eventually matured and got past all of that. And some of my family members don't understand how my mom and I have the relationship that we have today. My mom and I have no problems. We could if if I wanted to, I could have a whole lot of I could have a whole lot of issues with her. I can have a whole lot of beef with her because of things that happened that she that she did, right? But number one, that's my mother. And I'm not going to be held accountable for the things that she did. And I don't even want her to be held accountable for the things that she did or the things that she may have said. When I was 12 years old, my mother said, and nobody had to tell me this, she said it right in front of me. I heard it myself. She said to my dad, if you want him, you can have him because I don't want him anymore. My mom said that in front of my face. I was 12. And you got a lot of people that they would be mad until they were 70 years old if they heard their mother say that. I'm not mad at my mom about that because I get it. 
I get why my mom said it. First of all, people can only give you what they have, and that's physically, that's emotionally, spiritually, financially. We expect great things from people. We expect, I mean, we have the highest expectations for people. And the moment they don't live, especially if they're our parents, right, or our siblings, maybe our boss, could be our best friend. Like, we have these high expectations for people. And the moment they don't reach the 30th floor, we are ready to throw them out because they didn't meet our expectations. Well, your expectations are high anyway if you expect a human being to get that high because we're all human. But I had to learn that. I wasn't always there. I had to learn that. So when I think about the things that have transpired in my life, yeah, would I like things to be better? Of course. Could they have been better? Maybe. I doubt it because my mom didn't have it to give, not financially, not even emotionally. My mom didn't have it to give. So why am I... As a mature man now, and I'm trying to be happy in my own life, I'm trying to move on and move forward in my own life. How am I going to do that if I'm sitting here mad at her? And my mom probably doesn't even understand why things are the way that they are. But she appreciates them. I remember remember my dad. Like when I got married, and I tell people all the time, and I laugh about it, that my dad didn't start raising me until I was until I was twenty one, twenty two, whatever it was, because my dad, my dad didn't want to raise me until I until I got married. I you know I always laugh about that you know to myself, but I remember when I when I when I got married, my dad called me and wanted to have dinner. My dad had never called me to have dinner. But he did not when I not when Tamari and I got married. But when I got married at twenty two, my dad wanted to have dinner, and I remember my dad sitting across me, and my dad didn't know what to say to me. But I felt like my, there was some guilt there. You don't have a reason to be sorry for the, a decision that I made as a man. But we allow ourselves to be imprisoned about things that we've done, and we also imprison other people by not letting things go. And sometimes you don't even have to say anything. It's just how you treat people. Sometimes they just need to know, like, you you are just not mad anymore. And that could be as simple as you just calling them. It could be as simple as you going to visit. Because they they think that you are never going to talk to them again. But there's so much to be grateful for. And, Tammy, before I turn it back over to you, I think about, and I thought about this last night after I got off the phone, and I was cutting my hand, I thought about this. My friend, Leon, who, like, I called him. He left where he lived. He drove about 45 months. 45 minutes, excuse me, 45 minutes to get my mother a TV 
then took the TV another 45 minutes to her, then took her about another 30 minutes to get a, a, a sofa, then took her back home, right? Now, I could get him to do this, but she has children mm-hmm. right there, right, that couldn't do this. But I thought about it last night when I was cutting my hair, and I said, you know something? Leon lost his mother when he was 11 years old. I wonder, people, not just my my own siblings, but I wonder if people who treat, let's say, their parents, siblings, people close to them, if you treat them a certain kind of way, I wonder how you would feel if they were no longer here. Now, Leon would do that even if his mother's alive. I really believe that. But I wonder how much more grateful he is or or where his mindset is because he no longer has a mother to do anything for. Back over to you, Tammy. Oh, wow, Rodney. Um, <laughs> that's very interesting. Um I almost don't know where to go from there. So what I'm going to do? Um, well, let me, let, 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 no, no, no. It's 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 in a it's in a very again reflective way. Um, you were talking about expectations um, and how much we expect from people, especially those who are closest to us, and in most cases that's your spouse or your parents or siblings and so forth. Um, and if you guys, if we, like I said, start dealing with things internally, not who and why they did or what they did or whatever, but why does it, what is it in me? What is it? And it could simply just be unresolved unforgiveness, just the inability for you, for us to forgive someone. So we hold them hostage and everything they do maybe not everything, but there is a working. There's a there's a your gun. Your hand is on the and you slowly pull it in. Like they may say something, they do something, they may look at you in a certain way, and to them it may not it may not be what you perceive it to be. And so, but there's one more thing that they do, and you pull that trigger. So look inward because. When we have those kind of expectations, my opinion here, for people, um, I would say that they, for me, I'm going to make it personal. For me, I've learned that they were, those expectations were attached to um, not just who the person is, but my expectation of that person because of who they are or they're labeled to be. But you cannot take away the person, no matter the title. Meaning, like I said, why do I have to be a good black mom? Can I just be a good mom? So you cannot take away um, or make, hold someone accountable because of their title that, um, they have according to your life, whether it's you're my brother, you're my mom, you're my sister, 
da 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 da. This is a whole person. Like the, the kids used to say, uh, was, I thought it was so funny. The ki- they may still say it. I'm not around that many teenagers these days anymore. But they would say, especially with the girls, like if a young guy was cheating on one of their girlfriends or whatever, one of their girlfriends, they would say, oh, he has a whole girlfriend, a whole girlfriend. So they are a whole person. <laughs> they have their own issues, their own life. I mean, really, that's what they would say. I'm like, okay, but he, I mean, really, do y'all remember the kids would say that? They have a whole girlfriend, a whole boyfriend. They come up with some things. Well, Let me say, that's Mary over here. <laughs> she don't tell yeah, uh, the kids, me. They Mary is an amen court over uh-huh. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he has a whole girlfriend. So it's like these people are whole people. Like they are people, regardless if they're your mom, your sister, your brother. And we forget. Um. Or we maybe we don't forget, but we certainly don't remember that there are things that, um, especially if if like you and Samaria parents now, you're going to see a lot more. Like I can tell that Brandon sees he sees more because now he's a parent and he understands that although you want the best and you try 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 in your own way, because my trying may not be equal to how my mom tries your trying may not be equal to how your mom tries and so forth and so on um so remove titles from people and then slowly back out of the expectations and not not is don't make it about what you expect or what you need what can i give like brandon said why would i get angry at a person who's in a wheelchair because he cannot walk. And some people just cannot love you how you need and want to be loved. Same thing I remember with with my dad. I remember, and I've shared this, it's been a long time, but um, there were things as a young woman that I just needed from my dad in the way that I needed. But you guys, the more I grow and con- and will continue to grow. Though a lot of those things were attached to what the world says a father should do and be and da 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 da. And you base them upon what you see other fathers. Now it doesn't mean that I still didn't want it and need it and 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 I still long to have a, a just a long day by myself with my dad. Just just me and my dad. And I'm fifty plus years old. I would tell you exactly if I remember, but I know I'm over 50. <laughs> but it's just we cannot get caught up in titles, definitions. Let's let's see people for who they are and where they are. Now, that does not mean people continue to get free passes because what does that do? That allows them to remain in their hell. And we don't want people that we love to remain in their hell. We want to we want to mm-hmm. love them out of their hell in the best way that we can. But we can't do that if we're always to get out of the wheelchair and walk when they when we know that their legs doesn't work. We cannot. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna I want to read this article. It's a little long, and I may not get all the way through it. Um, but Rodney, I think it's something that you're gonna say, Tammy, please share that with me and, and, and the teachers that are listening and, and school people. Um 
I just feel so certain that they're going to want it too. But again, this came from me doing some searching about trauma. Um, and just, I'm sure people know, but just to hear the definition of trauma, a deeply distressing or disturbing experience, a personal trauma like the death of a child or something like that. So, But I like the word personal, a personal trauma because my trauma or what may I may see as trauma could be totally different. You may you may let let it roll off of you like water. I may make it thick as pudding. So I'm gonna read this article and the title is uh The Private Logic Behind a Trauma Informed Mindset and it's by Joseph A. Happ. And it says, my son takes antipsychotic medication to silence the voices in his head. These voices tell him he is worthless. Although therapy and medication have helped him make progress, adjustment in, adjustments in his prescription complicate how he behaves in school. Last year, while in the throes of coming to terms with all these changes, I attended a parent-teacher conference at his high school. When I asked the teacher for an example of problematic behavior, he talked about giving lecture notes. Uh, one day, he noticed my son staring out the window. He presented this as evidence of my son being unprepared, off-topic, and even disrespectful. After hearing this anecdote, I turned to my son who was present for the conference and asked, why were you looking out the window? My son replied, I was thinking. I turned to the teacher and told him my son was thinking. I received an eye roll in response. I remember the flush of anger flooding my cheeks. I had a teenager struggling with mental health issues, literally fighting against the voices in his head. But his teacher felt missed because he interpreted window gazing as a personal affront. We never really know what's happening in someone else's mind. And this experience haunts me whenever I consider what it means to be a trauma-informed educator. Private Logic explained, I watched my son, who was in the 11th grade, become victimized by a system that often fails to consider basic tenets of a trauma-informed mindset, such as the idea that behavior is communication. Students who have experienced trauma often manifest negative private logic, an unconscious set of beliefs that can influence our view of the world and how we act within it. Imagine a student whose private logic says, nobody loves me. Such a child may lack a sense of belonging and shy away from developing meaningful friendships. How does it serve that student to labor her antisocial? That word has a negative connotation, and using it may impart a negative attribute to a child who aches 
to feel like she belongs. As we seek to counterbalance students' negative private logic, we must reframe our private logic too. That means shifting the words we use when thinking and talking. Our words affect our reality. Consider how different it feels to speak about a student who just wants attention versus one who needs attention. If somebody wants something, it feels unnecessary, like a privilege only bestowed upon the worthy. But if someone needs something, that's an entirely different circumstance. How can we deny a child in need? A trauma-informed mindset. There are not just semantic arguments, semantic arguments. These are not just semantic arguments. When it comes to adopting a trauma-informed mindset, our words have an effect. The more we practice reframing our private logic, the more natural it becomes to engage in new thinking patterns and habits. Whether it's the things we think or say to another about our students or how we talk to students about their behavior. Students who have experienced trauma or are dealing with mental health issues need teachers who act with an eye toward growth and healing as opposed to anger and punishment. When working recently with a school faculty, I provided an activity where teachers had to reframe sample private logic statements. The first said that the student knows how to push my buttons. So that was the sample private logic statement, okay? So the student knows how to push my buttons. One teacher <laughs> reframed this to say, the student knows me well. So that was that teacher's reframing. Rather than saying the student knows how to push my button, that teacher reframed this to say, this student knows me well. How might those two examples of private logic influence our view of classroom discipline? If such a student were to misbehave, this is the student who knows the teacher well, or you could say the student who knows how to push the button. So if a student were to miss this student was to misbehave, who would who would we see? So who would the teacher see? Someone who knows how to push his or her buttons or wants attention or someone who knows us well and uses that knowledge to get the attention that he or she needs. Would we be surprised to find the former mindset might lead to a punitive consequence while the latter might lead to a restorative conversation? And I'm going to read a little bit more and I'm going to stop. Many of us have traditionally been socialized to think of punitive consequences as a natural response to negative behavior. But we can reframe the behavior too. A child suffering from the effects of trauma or other struggles won't learn from detention, especially if he's hungry or fighting private logic that says he'll never be worth anything. 
If children who need attention learn from teachers that they are greedy, as if seeking attention is a privilege only for the deserving, it becomes impossible to heal a traumatized brain. As soon as we consider that behavior is communication, a new reality emerges. A student who refuses to work could be an example of disrespect or disobedience, or it could be an attempt to communicate. Maybe he feels inadequate and avoids work for fear of failure. Maybe he feels overloaded and needs a break. Or maybe he was struggling against the voices in his head while gazing out a window. I once collaborated with an elementary school to revise their discipline matrix. We considered that certain behaviors might attempt to communicate, such as refusing to work. Maybe such a student is hungry or tired or just need a break instead of quickly going down a punitive pathway we programmed interventions that could address these other needs. Now, when a student refuses to work, teachers try giving a snack, an activity break, or an opportunity to do something else while completing work later. As a result, office referrals have drastically reduced and students are responding more positively to the new school culture. Imagine a world where everyone takes a similar tact, responding not to behavior, but to what behavior might communicate. Although we might never truly know what happens behind someone else's eyes, we can reframe our attitudes to be more compassionate. No matter how students experience this, a little compassion goes a long way. Of course, I've read more than I thought I should have, but... You guys, and, and, and there's balance in everything. And Rodney, this is, I'm going to turn it over to you, but this certainly reminded me of the student that you recognized was getting in trouble only doing math. And so it came down to, I don't know math, I don't want to be in that. And I think if we look at it, the big picture of it, like, again, what what is what is the need? what is this behavior communicating? What is the behavior of the person that you have all these expectations from? What is their behavior communicating? Unloved, I feel unloved. I feel not worthy. I all these things. So I just thought that was a really really good article, um, and and even our babies, a lot of our babies, meaning young people have gone through so much, you guys. And there is no way. Like if we get if we get to take a day off from work, I just don't want to go in. I just don't feel like it. Why do we think that these young kids get to a point where they're not expressive because we want to we want to have this perfect life. You should never feel bad and what's wrong with you and da 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 and they don't get stuff out. They don't communicate what's really going on verbally they don't but they do it through their behavior just like we as adults do haven't you grown up before haven't probably recently haven't you got pissed about something and thought about it later why do we think that it's any different so those young kids grow up to be us not capable not capable 
of walking. They're in that wheelchair, but their legs do work. Unlike the young man who his they, his legs don't work. So I cannot get mad because he can't get up and walk. But I don't want to be responsible for putting someone in a wheelchair I know can walk or helping someone stay in that wheelchair, whether I put them or not, put them there or not, helping them stay there when I know they can walk. And if all that takes is a little bit of compassion, understanding, do you need a break? Do you need to go get water? Is everything okay? The office is not always the solution. Just like as adults, walking away, isolating people is not always the solution. Back over to you, Rodney. Tammy, uh, we have a comment. Um, uh, <laughs> one of one of my teacher friends um, said students get in trouble during extracurricular activities that never speak to their interests uh, or cultures. Uh, mm. <laughs> I'm gonna that I'm gonna let you write that one down. <laughs> I figured you would find that interesting. I'm going to let you write that one down and come back to it. Um, but I want to I want I want to touch on uh, the article that you just read, and, and and I'm going to let you ponder that one and respond to it. Did we lose you again, Rodney? Okay, there you go. I'm back. I figured you I figured you might okay. want to um, um, you know respond to that one, but but I will say this. I, so I was that kid who I was angry and didn't know I was angry. Um, Now, when I first started school, I started school very young. Um, When I started kindergarten, I was four. You know, I was, I was in that younger bunch and, you know, back when I started school, um, you know, you could be four up until January first, right? And and you could start school. So I was I was like really young because my my birthday was in November, and I was like really excited about school. Um, loved going to school. Loved learning. Uh, I mean, it was it was insane. And I grew up in a house where, for most of my childhood, until my mom put me out when I was twelve. For most of my childhood, there were 16 of us living in a two-bedroom, one-bathroom duplex. Ten of us were children, and we were all within maybe five or six years apart. So, like, we were in school together, and I remember being in, like, first grade, second grade, third grade, like, just coming home. All the kids are outside playing, and I'm sitting at the little coffee table. Like, I found a little spot to, like, do my homework. And even go beyond doing my homework, like, I wanted to, like, work on my handwriting. And, you know, I I wanted to do, like, extra things to the point where there was conversation about skipping me some grades. Like, that was how, like, that was how I was, like, with school. And that was, like, how in tune I was. Like, and I mean, like, I was like, just, I was that kid, right? But then I got to a point where in my, in my young age, I got to a point where it bothered me that nobody cared. 
because as a kid, I wanted people to care. As a little first grader, you know, I wanted people to care that, like, I was smart. I wanted people to care that, like, I'm actually doing my work. Nobody else is doing their work. But nobody cared. And it wasn't until I started, like, doing little stupid stuff and getting in trouble where people actually cared, meaning, like, my mom, you know, my uncles and my aunts, you know, like, older cousins that would come around. Nobody cared until I until I did something bad. And I was also angry because my dad, and granted, again, let me just say, I did not know this or understand this at six years old. But I was also upset and angry because I felt like we were poor. Like my mom only made like $4 an hour um, when we were kids. And my dad, every time I saw him, he was like, you know, flashing all these hundred dollar bills in my face. I'm like, wait a minute. So, bro, like you, like, and he dressed nice. He had his own house. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. You living the good life, and we over here struggling. You know, but I didn't realize I was like just growing angrier by the moment. So I was that kid. Um, you know, just angry, and so I started going to school like you said, and acting out. And I didn't know what was wrong. Nobody else could figure out what's wrong because, like everybody else, like, I'm fine. You know, but it took me becoming an adult and, like, looking back and, like, reflecting, like, realizing I was mad. You know, I was mad that my parents weren't together. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to grow up with all these people in one house, and I didn't want to grow up in the hot water only lasted 10 minutes. I didn't want to be that kid. I didn't want to be the kid getting joked because my mom could not afford to buy me name brand things. And like, that was a big deal where I grew up in, you know, like, you know, it, 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 it was tough. And so here I am like mad about all these things. So I, I, I immediately went from academics to survival mode. It was, how am I going to survive with these kids? Not the ones necessarily in the house with me, but the ones in the neighborhood, the ones that I go to school with. Like, how am I going to get the girls to laugh with me, not at me? Like, how am I going to impress them? Because I don't have the shoes to impress them. You know, I didn't have the Nikes. I didn't have the Jordans. You know, I had to figure out some type of way to survive. And so I had to start, like, I had to start learning how to tell jokes. I had to learn how to, like, be disrespectful, right, which you don't want any kid to learn. But I had to learn how to do these things because I had to take the attention off of what I was lacking, what I didn't have. And so here my teachers are. They're frustrated with me because they knew they knew I could do better. But they're like, he's just choosing to be this little butthole to the Like, that that and that was my life for like the longest time. So that article is spot on because I was that kid. And it wasn't until I was in tenth grade. Um and my my friend Christine asked me about this earlier because um she ordered my book and uh and <laughs> and she's been reading it. And she asked me about, you know, my 10th grade teacher. And the thing with my 10th grade teacher was he 
was different from everybody else because this man didn't feel sorry for me. This man didn't baby me. This man also, like, he didn't try to make up for what I was lacking. What he did was he challenged me. And I remember because in my household, growing up, it was always as long as I didn't get an F, I was fine. I could bring home a D, but as long as I didn't get an F, I was fine. Now, it kind of changed my stepmom. You know, then it was as long as I didn't get a D or an F. But for the, for most of my childhood, A's were always appreciated, but they were not required. Neither were B's. But as long as you, like, had some C's, like, you were fine. And I remember he was my 10th grade um, he was my 10th grade um, history teacher. And matter of fact, I think he's the first African-American male teacher I've ever had, 10th grade, right? And I remember, like, he just challenged me. And the very first quarter of school, of that school year, the very first nine weeks, I had a 69.3 grade point average and for his class. And... All you, you needed a 74D. And I remember going up to him and, and saying, man, you can give me that .7 to get a D. And he was like, I'm not giving you anything. He was like, if you want anything in this class, you're going to have to earn it. He was like, even if it's a D, if you want a D in this class, you're going to have to earn it. And I remember just walking away, and I was like, you know what? I'll show him. I'll get an A in his class. And I got an A in his class. I finished his class with an A. And afterwards, like I thought about it, I was like, he probably knew I could get that A all along. Now, here's a man that, like, throughout the year, like, I mean, like, I mean, he, he it seemed like he had different standards for me than everybody else. Like, he would let the other kids get away with stuff that he would not let me get away with. Like, he would give me a zero for things that he would, like, cut them some slack. And I'd be like, what is this? And it was so funny because by the end of that school year, like, I was so appreciative to him and so grateful for him. Little did I know that was his last year teaching. I had no idea that he was, he was retiring at the end of the school year. And I always and I always feel like God put him in that position for me because I remember because he made such an impact on my life, like I was so appreciative and so grateful after that year. The next year I saw him and I got really excited like to see him. I'm like, here's my favorite teacher. And I went over to like talk to him and everything. And he literally just walked right past me, never said a word, and just, like, tilted his hat and went up to the top of the bleachers. And I just looked at him like, really? <laughs> but he made such an impact because, like you said, Tammy, he saw more than what was there. He he looked beyond, like, my my immaturity. He looked beyond my foolishness. He looked beyond, like, my mediocrity, and he wanted me 
to realize that there was so much more there. And so I think, you know, that is so important when it comes to education, when it comes to teaching, and even when it comes to parenting. We have a lot to offer um, as teachers, as parents, as adults. Even if you're just talking to or dealing with children in your neighborhood or even if you're a coach or, like, it doesn't matter, like, what your your title is or what your role is, children need and want love. They need and want guidance. And even if they don't realize it at the time, they're going to remember down the road who planted the seed, who planted the seed, when and where. They're going to always remember that. So I always um, remember Mr. Wilson, my 10th grade teacher, because he was that that guy. He was that teacher for me. He was that one that, like, made a difference. And, and don't get me wrong, things didn't, like, immediately change around, like, for the, for the best, like, at like after that year, but the lessons that I learned in his class that went beyond history, um, like I never forgot them, never forgot them. I remember one time I had in-school suspension because he wrote me up. He wrote a referral to the office because I said man to him because it was one it was it was just something that was just a part of me. It was like, Oh man, you know, you know, just things like that. Like, man, come on, you know, and I remember one day he said to me, he said, If you say man to me one more time, I'm gonna write you up. He was like, My name is Mr. Wilson. And I wasn't even trying to be disrespectful. And I just remember I got a question wrong. We were going over something. We were going over an assignment, and I got the question wrong. I said, oh, man, he said, I told you. Don't say that to me again. And he wrote me up. He was serious. He wrote me up, sent it to the to the, uh, to the the assistant principal. I had to spend a day in school suspension. And he felt bad after the fact because he came to me. He said, I didn't want them to do that. He was like, but I was just trying to teach you a lesson. And, but it taught me, like, Call people by their names. You know, don't like get out of this. Get out of this little, you know, hood way that you learned in the neighborhood. Like, and just you know, thinking that everything is okay. So I think that article. And yes, please send it to me because that article is spot on, Tammy. Back over to you. Wow, and I'll send it. I'll send it to you as well. I sent it to uh, Christine, so I'll get it to you. And y'all share it and make it happen. But I just I just thought that was such such a good way to um I guess think about forgiveness. And then, you know, Rodney, we we show up, we te- we have this tendency to show up when things are like you said, you'd had to get in trouble. But to you, you were communicating that something's wrong all along. But but it's like with death, you know, people will think about when, when, when someone passes or passes away, how many people will show up to the funeral that were 
so not present in the life of that person. And that's what I mean. People will spend $1,000 to come to your funeral, but if you called in and said, hey, I need $100, could you let me borrow $100? But they'd spend at a zero and go honor your death. So even the way that we think about things is distorted. And self um, motivated, um, self seeking, you really have to be intentional to make it not about you in the sense of um, because sometimes we show up to that funeral just because I went, I was there, you know, I did this, I did that. Um, what did you do while they were alive? Because that's what they remember and that's when they need it. So what do we do when people are telling us that I'm dying inside, but I'm alive? I, I saw this post where, um, and it's circulated around Facebook many times, but I just recently saw it again. Um, the worst grief or kind of grief is to have to grieve the death of someone who's still alive. How many people do we see walking around the walking dead? the lost in spirit who's no longer inspired, not even by their own life, through their life. So if I'm not inspired and in spirit and in sync with myself, how can I embrace and enjoy the laughter in your life? How can I do that? Like we said last week, how can anybody's life matter, whether it's black life, white life, brown life, how can anybody's life matter if yours doesn't? And I, I found myself telling Brandon today that I really apologized for giving you I have Brandon's birthday is Thursday and I've been waiting on a listing I said not that you need but that you want. And 11 is my number, so I said, give me 11 things that you want, not need, things that you truly want. And I had to keep, I just kept, would you please send me the list? Please send me the list. Mom, I don't want anything. I don't need anything. I'm fine. I'm like, no, there are things that you would like to have, just that you want. It could be a sneakers candy bar. I don't care what it is. Like, just give me 11 things that that you want, that you would like to have right now. So finally I got it, but I ended up getting it from his wife. And um, so I was telling him today in that, that conversation that I really hate that I did not allow you seeing, allow you to see me valuing myself more and honoring myself in a way where um, even to – just recently, I realized, and I told Brandon this, I said, I realized that I could see something and, I, and I'm like, you know what, I don't, I don't really need that. I don't, I don't, you know, I've just talked myself out of getting it for myself. But if I found out that somebody else wanted it or, or just would like to have it, I'd buy it in a heartbeat and give it to them. I'd do it for them. And so... I thought, why? I have to, and there's nothing wrong with treating yourself well, honoring you, as long as you're not 
selfish with it. And because even that, you guys, I realized that it was a sickness in itself. And maybe that's the thing about me. Not about, it may not, nobody else, may, may not be anybody else's sickness, but I had to dig deep to, to find out why. And so I'm okay with the why. And what I've decided to do, I shared this with Brandon, um, once a month, I'm going to buy something that I just want. Something so small. This this month, it was aromatherapy from um, fast, bed, fast, and body or whatever, something like that. And it's something that I used to use a long, long, long time ago, but I still love it. And I just stopped buying because I thought it's too expensive and it just doesn't make sense. And there's certain things that smell the same. But I just got it for myself. It could be just a dinner with myself, whatever. But honor you, and, and that will allow you to to free yourself, in a sense. And it, that may not be your thing. Honoring you could be a walk in the park, a long bath. Like, we're so busy and caught up. We rarely, as people, take baths, like just a long, hot bath. I mean, so... It is really about inside. Even the unforgiveness is about if you have somebody in your life that you're having trouble really accepting, forgiving, dealing with, it's not about them. Because forgiveness really is setting yourself free, not the other person. That quote about it's like taking poison and expecting the, the, per- the other person to die. Like, you drink the poison, but I'm going to watch you die. And in most cases, people have moved on from, from where you have gotten stuck with an action or words or something. So um, I don't know where else to go with it, Rodney. Um, I'll just say, you guys, just make it about you. And don't stop. You have to keep learning. You have to, in order to continue to grow, beyond where you are and grow and go where you want to be mentally, spiritually, financially, emotionally, all of those leads, all of those things, you have to be intentional. You have to read. You have to study. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to speak life into your own life. You have to forgive. You have to understand someone else's language, even when they don't speak. You have to know that they're in that wheelchair, but they can walk. So why why do they choose the wheelchair? What has got them stuck there? And if it's people that you care about and you know care about you, they deserve it. They deserve you. There are marriages, there are people who are not together today that truly love each other. And because of that, you have broken families, broken children. You have those same kids, Rodney and Kathleen, that are that are in, in the classroom crying, dying. And so you just have to be mindful, visual, 
forgive, accept, acknowledge, but take action. And you ha- in order to take the right action, you have to do all those things before that I said before and more. It's on the person. So, but it does start with us. It starts inside, <clears throat> and and we just have to go from there. So, Rodney, um, I don't, and I think I said Kathleen is Christine, but so forgive me for that. But Rodney, this is this has been a great show. Um, I'd like to come back and really speak more about the trauma um, mentality mindset because again, I had so many notes in my phone that went dead, but I really feel like the article that was read needed to be, we needed to start there. So maybe next week we'll pick up on the trauma um, mindset, the mentality, what is trauma, um, how do you get through it, past it, deal with it, Um, because I think a lot of our kids, young people have dealt with uh, trauma beyond reason. That we can think of. Think about our own life. Rodney, what, you, I know I had a life just trauma <laughs> after trauma. I had a life of trauma. I am so serious. And so uh, down to the death of my grandmother, you know, just the insecurity that that left and the fear of even doctors and things like that, just seeing what she went through. We just don't talk enough and we don't understand, like the article said, that behavior is communication. Tammy, I I I, um, I gotta give a because um, I know we're winding out, winding down. Excuse me. Um, I have to give a shout out um, to 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 my fellow teachers um, because they are some faithful <laughs> supporters um, of our show, and, and I'm truly grateful for them. Um, and they will text me <laughs> and say, "Hey, you know, it, you know, is the show on tonight?" Because I know, like, you know, in the summertime and around like Christmas holidays, like, you know, we'll we'll, we'll take some time off. But they will text me and ask me about the show. Um, and another teacher, I know you know Christine, um, and um, you guys are friends on Facebook. But Miss Maslin, um, she called in a few weeks ago. Um, but she she always listens, and I saw Miss Mathlin the other day um, at school, and and she brought it up and said, "Hey, have you guys been on?" <laughs> you know, because she was talking to another teacher, Carrie um, Carrie Hester, who, who who calls in as well, um, who's actually with their parents um, tonight. But um, I don't think they realize how important it is to us. Just like people like Tasha. Um, and Cousin Diane in Atlanta, um, you know, and just the people who consistently support us. I don't think they really understand how much it means to us. So um, got to give them a shout-out um, because we, we we truly appreciate you guys' support because, you know, if you heard Tammy last night, it is not always an easy thing. Um, and, you know, when, you know, I've been doing this with Tammy since 2014, I think Tammy started in 2011 or 2012. Um, and sometimes you just feel like you're talking to yourself or, you know, we feel like we're just talking to each other, which 
I think we're okay with because, <laughs> because we usually get a lot out of the show ourselves, but it's always nice to know that um, other people are getting something from it too. Um, so, you know, we, we really appreciate you guys. We know that there are a lot of people who listen um, after hours, and I don't mean, you know, tonight, but, you know, in the days to come. Uh, sometimes I go back and look, Tammy, and, you know, six months from now, there'll be like 1,200 people to listen to the show in the day. So it's always nice to see that um, because we don't want to do this if we're the only ones getting something from it. So, so you know, we're grateful for you guys. I also want to say this. Um, some of our worst secrets are the ones that we keep to ourselves. There are some things that we keep to ourselves, and I know, you know, the thing is a lot of times like, no, nah, some things I just, I, I just don't want to tell anybody. And, 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 and I'm not saying that's wrong I, because I totally get it. But there are things that happen in our lives that we need to share with other people. And maybe on the radio um, is not the place to do it. Maybe not on television, you know, maybe not, you know, in public, but there are things that happen in our lives that we need to share because somebody needs to hear it. And, you know, I don't talk about the things that happen in my life on a regular basis, but when I feel they are necessary, when I feel like they apply, when I feel like somebody might hear it and it might help them, I'm okay with it because I'm not embarrassed by anything that happened in my life. Um, I'm not, um, you know, trying to hide, and, and I'm definitely not imprisoned, you know, to anything that has happened in my life because the things that have happened in my life um, I've been able to grow from, I've been able to move on, I've been able to forgive people, people have forgiven me, and if they have not forgiven me, I have found that I'm much better off without them. Um, you know, and sometimes you can want to forgive people and they're not ready. And you know what? That's okay too because what I refuse to allow anybody to do is to hinder my progress because there are things that I want to accomplish in life and I'm determined to accomplish them. There are things that my wife wants my wife wants to accomplish in life and even though I don't have as much say over her life, I can make sure that I don't allow myself or anyone else or anything um uh, that I have control over to to, to block her um blessings or from moving forward. And definitely when it comes to my daughter I know how life was for me as a child. I don't want that same life for my ch- for for my daughter. And there are things that are going to stay with me that I learned from my mother, who you know we didn't have the best relationship, uh, but I learned a lot of things from her, and I was able to gain a lot of things from her. And those things that I learned and those things that I gained that I think apply and that will help my daughter, 
you doggone right I'm going to teach them to my own child. You know, and so I think that we have to we have to learn how to do that because when you don't learn how to forgive and move past your past, the only thing that you can do is hurt the next person. And it's really bad when it is your child. So learn how to evaluate your own life, learn how to self-reflect, and learn how to pick up the pieces and move on. Don't look at things and just choose to sit there and be mad and hold grudges. Even if it's something that you did, okay, so you, you made a mistake, cool. Maybe it was not a mistake. Maybe it was it was just your lifestyle at the time. Okay, but learn how to move on and not hold grudges. Tammy, I think it's very important as we close out um, that you talk about Bluff City leadership um, and tell the people um, what Bluff City leadership is all about. Um, and how they can reach you um, and and go from there. Well, thank you. And I'll do just that. Um, it's bluffcityleadership.com. It's a web address. So the name of my business is Bluff City uh, Leadership. And it's about connecting people through the power of communication, um, getting an understanding so very, very close and appropriate for the conversation that we've had tonight. Really, everything starts with communication, and I truly believe, you guys, that we're all one conversation away from what we need and from the breakthrough that someone else may need. We're just afraid to sit down and say what needs to be said. Does it make it true? Does it make it a lie? So it is about understanding who you are and how, but more importantly, why you respond to life, love, people, circumstances, and any situations in which the way that you do. It gets so deep down to the way that you see yourself, the way that you need others to see you, your projection, your level, your intrusion level, um, your self-control. All of that, it is so to just down to the point. And it was, for me, the start, one of the biggest things that helped me start this journey um, of transformation that I'm still on. So it is about communication. Um, it is about understanding who you are so that you can have better relationships, healthy relationships and maintaining those healthy relationships. Like I said, people, there's so many people that are disconnected, um, people that love each other, that are not together, families are broken apart, not because they didn't love each other, they just never learned how to speak each other's language. And this is not just a love language, but a life language, who you are. And no matter how good a person is, or can be, if that person is not speaking your language, you guys will not connect. 
you will not connect. And I will start my seminars and workshops off in speaking a different language. And I'll ask people, how many of you know what I said? And no one will raise their hand, unless there's been times where somebody may speak that language. And I'll say, okay, you can keep that there. How many, how many more know what I said? And people won't, they won't acknowledge that they know what I said. And so I'll tell them, you absolutely know what I said because I'll continue to repeat it. What it is is you don't understand what I said, but you can repeat what I said. You don't understand what it means because you don't speak that language. And so we can we, we speak English. We can have the same language, English, Spanish, or whatever. But if I don't understand you, I don't recognize that you've said good morning to me in a different tone. So something's wrong with you this morning. Something has happened. You can say good morning and you could say good morning or something. Good morning in a different tone. Your energy changes. So we have to be able to recognize that in the people, in the lives of the people we love, but we also have to be able to recognize it and acknowledge it in ourselves. So bluffcityleadership.com, you can take the assessment there. If anybody goes and take it, um, let us know that you heard this because um, I reach out to everybody that does take it. So you can say, hey, I, I heard it on the Butterfly Evolution Show, Fender the Rodney, whatever, however you want to do it, and I'll do the consultation of it for free. And that takes about an hour long. So um, share it with your family, friends, and I do appreciate it. And like I said, I'll offer the consultation for free. And that is helping you unpack the, the assessment and understand it so that you can better um release it in your life and out into the world into the world. Thank you, Rodney. Absolutely. And you know what, Tammy, we always like <laughs> I feel like we always offer uh a discount or something free and nobody ever takes it. So I'm going to extend this offer to my uh, <laughs> my friends who who always call in and support us. If one of you guys want to take the assessment I will pay for it if you want to take the assessment it will be free uh, just just either let me know and let Tammy know because I would love for you to take it because even uh, Tamaria took it and then um, I didn't take it right away but I took it not long ago I can't remember when I took it but um, it was amazing because it was so <laughs> it was so funny because I think Tammy updated the assessment and then by the time I took it, uh, Tammy and I were laughing because of the things that 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 we had in common. Um, but but it was it, it was really uh, spot on because you know what came out about Tamaria, um, you know it it was just like accurate like it, it like it was just her and then when I took it I was like oh this is me <laughs> so um so uh if you guys want to take it if you reach out to me or if you reach out to Tammy and say hey I want to take this hey um I want to take this and I want my spouse to take it too I will sponsor you um but 
I'm not going to give you 50 years to do it, but uh, we we do always offer these things, and nobody ever takes up takes us up on it. So, if you guys want to take the assessment, please reach out to one of us, and we will make it happen. Uh, Tammy, this has been another uh, great show. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad that we did it. I'm glad that um, you know we had a lot of people tuning in. Um, and uh, please, 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 you guys, let us know. Um, if you have any ideas for a show that you would like for us to do, I know um, Christine sent, sent me a couple of ideas the other day, uh, which I have to talk to you about, Tammy. But um, we we are all ears. Uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And we will see you next Tuesday, same time, same hey, station. Rodney, get, the sh- yes, get, get the show set up. Get, set it up. Set it up. We don't need to. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if she would be our special guest. Now, I think uh, Miss Miss Maslin. Um, I think I think Miss Maslin. <laughs> I think Miss Maslin would jump right out there. I don't know. I don't know if Christine is a public speaker. I don't know. She might be. She might fool me. Um, <laughs> but um, hey, it's twenty twenty. Let's get her. Let's get her on. <laughs> Let's let's get on, let's get on, let's let's get get on on. before twenty twenty one. Oh my God, yeah. uh, Miss Maslin, uh, uh, woo woo, the challenge is out there. <laughs> Until next Tuesday, we hope you all stay blessed and stay safe. Good night, everybody. I know